Are sirens mermaids? Yeah. I'm, but they don't have tails. Yes, they do. What? Sirens and mermaids are synonymous. No, no, no. No, I don't yeah. think that's true. I beg to disagree. I am both, and they are both, and that is what we are. And we are just luring men and trapping them to their death with our song, or we're just very hot. I don't know. So we're mid-30s. We're all single. We've all been thoroughly disappointed by the men in our lives. Yes. None of us have achieved our career goals. Um, <laughs> we're so successful. <laughs> we live in different cities. Yes. And we're super hot. <laughs> we're super hot. <laughs> so what do we do? What do we do now? Chin. What are the neck exercises? It's you look up at the ceiling and you make a kissy face and it tightens that like the old lady gobble under your chin. I don't so it keeps it nice and taut so you don't have a double chin. I it don't keeps you feel, looking young. I don't and feel fresh. anything when I do that though. I'll and then you take your bit. finger you take your finger horizontally and you rub it on the where the oh. waddle would be. What does like, that one do? Tight, it tightens it. By rubbing? Yeah, just keeps it firm. Okay. Mm. Does that work on <laughs> other fat too? Should I be? Yeah. Should I be rubbing my butt and inner thighs all the time? Which I basically you wouldn't do. feel it. You wouldn't feel it. Um, I think I don't really have a waddle, but I think it's because of my singing. I think that keeps my yeah, neck you, pretty. You already do your neck exercises. Yeah. And face exercises. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I usually just get blowjob workouts, but it's not been happening over here. Oh, do you think your face is sagging because you haven't given a BJ in six weeks? Probably. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's part of it. Just get a banana or something. Ew, no, I'm not gonna I'm <laughs> not creative. Practice like a like a high schooler or elementary school. No, not elementary. Middle That's schooler. Foul. <laughs> no fruit or vegetable is gonna do that. It's not to practice, it's to get your face workout in. I had a banana for breakfast, <laughs> but I didn't practice. <laughs> I, I had a boy breakfast. I have instant coffee, a banana, and a cliff bar. Ugh. Oh, what? That's what happens when you stay at a boy's house. Are you gonna go hiking next and like not talk about your feelings for six hours? (laughs) I guess so. That's what I'm prepping myself for. (laughs) I used to like bring over groceries when I had people I was dating and would sleep over on a regular basis. I'd bring like emergency food for myself. Yeah, I'm I'm learning. I I usually bring an apple. But I was like in such a hurry to just get out of my house that I forgot all those things. Mm-hmm. But I brought dog, and that's the most important. That is the most important. So uh, Nina's had a big week. We have a lot to unpack this week. 
Shake. You know, you can't shake your head. The audience can't see it. You have to use your words. I had a big week last week. I have a big week this week. You're Nothing's processing. actually happening. <laughs> You're processing a lot. Yeah. Well, I got over all my like residual guilt about that nice guy shit because you know what? That nice guy shit is exactly what that is. It's shit. And mm-hmm. um, you, I didn't sleep with that nice guy who I wasn't feeling and I went on a second date with. And I never heard from him again because he wanted to come upstairs and I didn't invite him. And I think he got butt hurt and just realized that I wasn't going to be an easy lay. Yeah, so, so much for nice guy. Not you nice know, at all. No. Don't fucking hold my hand. <laughs> yeah, the nice guys, like, they're not always that nice. <laughs> they turn into assholes usually just, like, further further along. <laughs> he sometimes. was like, you're a great lady. You're such a great lady. I'm so attracted to you. That just means I want to fuck you. Take me home. That means nothing. Right? I'd rather they just say that. Yeah. Oh, you waited one extra date to be creepy? Thanks. Thank you so much. Maybe he could tell you weren't feeling him, and that's why he didn't I think he you. could. I think he could. I think by the end of it, I was just wanting to go home and not even do anything else other than run away. So he probably picked up on that. Yeah, I've definitely had guys that I have gone on a date with who seem very interested in me, but I think pick up on the fact that I'm more ambivalent, and then even though they say they want to hang out again and stuff um i never hear from them probably. it's good it's easy it's really clean yeah no more guilt it. right no more guilt also like he stopped talking towards the end of the day because he was grabbing me and like grabbing my thigh and my back and i was not enjoying it and i told him so and um he just like couldn't even talk or hold a conversation anymore and i had to be the one to keep talking and that, to me, was like a clear sign of, oh, you think you've put in enough work that this is going to happen. And it's not. Right. It wasn't about you anymore. It, exactly. And it's, you know, it's not even about me in the first place. I'm just there to be a body for them to project their own shit on. So your instincts were right. He was not no. worthy of your attentions. Yeah. And now no more guilt. Yeah, you Good. shouldn't feel guilty anyway. I know. And then I did that in therapy, too. So we unpacked all of that, and now it's just on to a completely different issue. Okay, now we get to unpack obsession and projecting things onto people we haven't met yet, and mm-hmm. why we get so caught up in the idea of people before they are, like, real people to us. Yeah. yeah. And, and how the real people are usually very disappointing because they're not the fantasy. But what is that? So, Nina, I think you have to give a little bit of background about what you discovered, the journey you went on this week. Oh, my God. I don't even want to be talking about this right now because it's so, it's just so fragile and emotional. But um, I was chatting with a poet in New Jersey. (laughs) Red flag. (laughs) Deal breaker. Um, And we had a lovely first conversation, and he's super handsome from his photos. And uh, we were supposed to have a date, and then he deleted his profile from Bumble. And I had screenshotted it before he deleted it because he had sent me his number. So I had his number, um, and I texted him 
to be like, hey, we talked about getting coffee on Sunday. Are you still up for that? And then he texted me this whole long thing back about how he wasn't in a place to date online. And he was just going through some stuff and didn't want to disappoint me. And he was really sorry, but he was rooting for me. And it was this beautiful, (laughs) really long paragraph of poetry. (laughs) And I was like, no, I'm not going to let you pull that. Like, I still want to meet you. So I kept kind of talking to him. And then it turned into another promise of another date. And then he disappeared. And we were talking for about three days straight, all day, three days. I was in the best mood. I was so happy. He was sending me poetry for me. And we were talking about poetry, which is something I haven't really talked about since college, which was my former passion and area of study. So it had just kind of awakened in me some stuff that was really beautiful, but also like I was super into him and I really wanted to meet him. And after three days of like nonstop, 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 he just disappeared and stopped responding to texts like in the middle of a Wednesday. And I've not been okay since that happened. Like I haven't been right. I've been upset. And Lauren and I told you that, you know, you just have to let it go, that you don't know this guy, that you don't know what he might be feeling or thinking or going through, if he's even who he said he is. Right. But then what happened? Uh, (laughs) I called him really late at night on Tuesday because I was mad and I just wanted to yell at him. (laughs) I don't know why. I just wanted to be like, where the fuck did you go? Why did you disappear on me? Like, what was that? Nothing happened. I just, I like you. Where did you go? And he didn't pick up. His voice mailbox was full. I didn't leave a message. Turned off my ringer, went to bed, woke up five hours later because I just like couldn't sleep. And I knew before I even looked at my phone, like I knew that he had responded to me. I just felt it. And I looked at my phone and he had called me back and I had a missed call. He didn't leave a message. Um, And the next day I was like, hey, you called me back. You're alive. Can we chat? And he said yes. And so we ended up talking for an hour on Wednesday night. And he's not, he's going through some stuff. And I understand why he completely ghosted me and pushed me away. And I want to respect it, but I haven't been. So, right, you've discovered why he ghosted you, which I think is, like, what every woman wants. It's like, why? What happened? We were having such a nice time. Why did you just disappear? So you went on the journey, and you discovered why he actually disappeared, and it was a pretty compelling reason going through a lot. An intense, compelling, frustrating, sad reason, and I don't... I don't want to get into it. It's not we'll my just thing say it's to talk a per- about. Personal, personal family issue. Personal family issue, and um, I, I understand why he wouldn't want to drag anyone else into that right now, and why he can't and he shouldn't. Um, and yet, we still talk every night for hours on the phone. We just chat now. Uh, oh, you're talking on the phone now. Oh yeah, like full on six-hour, three-hour, two-hour conversations. So you're, like, in an emotional relationship with someone you've never met. I am completely 
I am in a completely emotional boyfriend-girlfriend relationship with a total stranger who still sends me the most beautiful poetry. Okay. And I and don't know how he smells. We don't know how he smells. <laughs> and I'm not going to meet him anytime soon. Really? You know that. You're not going to meet him. I just... It's not a good time. So... what? Okay. <laughs> Lauren? I mean, I don't... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know exactly how this sounds. Like, I'm not deluded. Yeah, I mean, I get it. I think we've all had some... As- dealt with something like this I mean I think I get it for you because you're in a place where you've been emotionally vulnerable for a very long time and right now he's fulfilling that part and you're getting attention and you're hearing nice things so you are some emotional needs are being met even though there's no physical to go along with it but that's probably okay for you at this moment because you probably aren't ready for anything physical even though (laughs) (laughs) you might be to a certain capacity um but with my experience with guys when there's something really emotionally traumatizing happening in some part of their lives they're there's no space and no energy for a relationship. Like they can't handle two emotional things at once, especially when one's negative to try to like balance it out. It's just like too much effort for them. Yeah. They can't like multitask the way women can. It's just one or the other. It can't be both happening simultaneously. I rationally know that all of this is incredibly inconvenient to just the worst decision ever for both of us. Um, I know that. I know it. I, on a romantic and deluded and um, self-destructive way, it is the most exciting thing that's ever happened to me. (laughs) I mean, it's nice to have some attention and just that response via text or a phone call to just have that conversation. It's It's like a friendship in a certain... Yes. Capacity, which as long as you're not closing yourself off to potentially meeting other people, I think it's fine. But if you're like just so focused in on this guy that you're ignoring any other possibilities or limiting yourself, then that's when it becomes unhealthy and potentially like emotionally dangerous for you. Yeah. Did I ever tell you guys uh, the experience I had about this that was similar? No. Mm -mm. Okay, so right after I was single, so I was in a really weird place. Um, (laughs) I had been in a relationship for seven years, and I'm newly single, and I was so single that I was on OkCupid. Uh, This was like two (laughs) years ago. It was before I realized that OkCupid was for the dregs of New Jersey society only. I was on OkCupid, and this guy messaged me, and we started talking. We kind of had like a really fun banter right away, like hit it off. And it became a thing where we were just like talking all day with each other for weeks. Wow. And we tried to meet up a few times, but like there was a snowstorm and then he got sick. And eventually I was like, okay, so we should meet. You know, I'm starting to really like him and I felt a connection. So we had a plan to meet one day. 
and I'd messaged him the night before and I woke up with a flirty message from him back and then his whole profile was deleted. <laughs> I didn't have his phone number. I didn't have his last name. I knew nothing about him. So I had no way to contact him, but he'd, he'd messaged wow. me back and then decided to delete his whole profile, never to be seen again. And I went crazy. Wow. I could not believe that he just disappeared like this. I really became kind of obsessed with, with tracking him down. So he'd given me like certain information over the course of our correspondence. I knew where he went to school. I knew his job. I knew like the area of New York City that he worked in. Um, and so I started like searching for him and, you know, with his like college alumni <laughs> and, um, Oh shit. I, I looked, I, I was like tracking down the, the area that he said he worked in for the type of company that, that it could be. And I was looking through all the employees and I thought I knew his first name. It turns out I didn't. Eventually after like a lot of searching, um, I kind of narrowed down the company that I thought he must work for and then looked for the position that he would have had and found him. But it was like a different name um, than, than was on his profile. So then I Google that person and find this crazy story. So this guy who had told me that he was divorced and didn't have kids and I was going to meet him, Turns out he has two kids and is married in New Jersey and like year a few years ago had uh, been diagnosed with a, a really aggressive brain tumor wow. and you know in, in the course of the surgery of removing the brain tumor was made deaf from it so he lost his hearing and uh, I found this blog where he journaled about um, this experience of getting this cancer and almost dying and going through all this treatment and losing his hearing and everything. And I read it all and it was crazy. And I guess that's why he never had any intention of meeting or even giving his real name or anything. Yeah. Um, But it was totally crazy. I never got in touch with him or followed up. I just, I really wanted to know who he was and why he disappeared yeah. on me. And I guess I found that answer. I mean, it's interesting that people are using dating platforms for, I guess, a little comfort or validation that they're maybe still in some capacity attractive to the other sex or I don't know. Cause that's what these guys are sounding like. They just need some attention and validation that that's why they're on what they're on even though they have no intention of following through with it it's it's not fair to the other person that is on the other end of it who doesn't know the reality of what they're getting into i mean in in a way it is catfishing it's like emotional catfishing and i didn't even know what catfishing was until i started watching that mtv show called catfishing and they've tracked down the people who are the catfish and like confront them and like why are you doing what you're doing and a lot of times it is somebody who's not confident in themselves and they're just trying to reach out um to get some connection or 
validation or to know that somebody still finds them desirable. I don't know. It's it's definitely an interesting and strange phenomenon. I mean, yeah. And it's so unique to our culture right now. Yeah, it's completely with the online dating. It didn't really happen before that, or I don't know how it could. Right, you'd have to trick people in person. You'd have to be like a con artist or something. But Right, but they, they still know what you look like. <laughs> Even though you might lie about your name, you're still you. You're not using somebody else's photo. But why do we get so I can understand? I think it's pretty shitty to be using other people on an online platform because it feels anonymous to, you know, get your validation or your attention and and without any intention of actually meeting the person or kind of being genuine in your pursuit of them. But why is it so easy for us as women to get, like, drawn into those situations? Because you're looking for it. You're looking... Well, you're not looking for that specifically. (laughs) (laughs) You're looking for, like, love and somebody to connect to. And that's a person who responds in a way that you, you believe at first to be honest. And you don't know it's not honest until it gets to a certain point where they're like, Oh, wait, this is getting real. I have to, like, run away now. I think it is honest in a weird way because they are looking to connect. Those people might be more vulnerable in the beginning because they do want something. They need that, whatever it is they're looking for in this experience, they need it. So they're trying to get it right away. So maybe they're more open and vulnerable from the outset. Well, to to go back to the TV show... That, that TV what, show drives me crazy, Lauren. It's so bullshit staged. I yes, think... yes. It, well, yes, but I believe a certain amount of it is, like, legitimate. And usually when they meet these people and they're like, I just didn't think this person, the other person that I've been talking to would want to be with the real me. And that's why I was hiding behind this other right persona so they just like the self-esteem is just so low in some capacity and they're always like i really value our friendship and i want to continue would you please accept me still and then they of course have to well i was lied to do i want to right blah, blah, blah. i'm not being lied to in that like i don't know what he looks like and i think he's someone else and <laughs> it's true. it's more that like I'm not even being lied to it's but I am being stupid in that like I just don't know if this is ever going to go anywhere beyond what it is right now for either of us because he is not available and he made that very very clear and I am looking for something real but at the same time when you share a passion with someone and they're so wonderfully expressive about that passion and they rope you into it and make it part of your conversation like it is really really hard to ignore and and not want to keep talking to them and pursuing it well the part that you have to listen to is the part where he has seems to pretty clearly have told you that he's not in a place where he can have a relationship and that's the part that's 100 percent true for him and so it's just 
that's not going to change until he deals with his emotional stuff and like maybe five years down the road he'll be <laughs> in a place where he's able to oh but, i'll be 40 yeah so i i say you can't you can't expect this to turn into anything other than what it is at this moment it's like when the guys say i'm not i won't be your boyfriend i don't want to be your boyfriend you have to listen to that right it's true because they don't want to be your boyfriend they might sleep with you a few times and hang out for a while but in the end they're not your boyfriend exactly which happened to me you know two months ago yeah well and you're you're still, you know, you're looking, you're searching, and you're been in a vulnerable place. Yeah. Remember when Carrie reconnects with her high school boyfriend, mm-hmm. and they, like, really hit it off and have a great time, and then it turns out that he was in New York because he checked himself into, like, a psych facility? Yeah. This is just This like- is a very, a very similar kind of feeling to that episode, yes. <laughs> Yeah. Sex in the City has taught us many, many dating lessons. We just gotta pay attention <laughs> to Carrie and all of her mistakes. It was really much wiser than I gave it credit for because when I was watching it, I was in my teens and early 20s. But now, as a single 30 something year old woman, I'm like, oh, that was actually a documentary. <laughs> I didn't yes. realize it. But yeah. Do we feel complete in this segment, or do we want to continue? Nina, I know, I know that I'm wrong. I know what it's what it is, and that it's wrong. And um, I'm in a little bit of an addict phase right now. Of like, but I like it. Yeah, you found someone that you feel a strong connection with, even if it's just. You know, it hasn't been in person, but, like, clearly there's something you guys connect over, and it's very compelling, and sad, vulnerable people in general are, like, very compelling because they're so open and raw, and you're like, but I can help you, I can, let's be happy together, I'm sad too. He's very vulnerable emotionally, and he's very sweet and open about that and um well and you're you're probably latching on to that because your ex was so not he was so closed off and you're like a man is being open with me and communicating <laughs> with me this is amazing yeah. that's true and i'm also going through a weird time like i'm i'm having a hard emotional time minus all the relationship shit and yeah, you're going through work changes yeah it's a lot of out. stress and pressure and like i should be happy and i should be excited and i just have a ball of dread about it all right now and um and i feel really guilty about that and so this is like it's like a very escapist kind of uh affair in a way it is purely emotional and not at all rational or real well in that way i would say just let yourself enjoy that and not ever put any pressure on it to be anything other than what it is for you yeah right now right now yeah i agree you should enjoy if this is something that's bringing you pleasure and you're having a nice time connecting with someone um from afar 
then you should enjoy that. And just know that it can't be more than what it is. Right. It's intense. Yeah, it's intense. But at least you didn't find out, like, he's deaf and has a wife and two kids in New Jersey <laughs> somewhere. Those Jersey boys. It's yeah. New Jersey. What's wrong with the men That's in New cool. Jersey? <laughs> <laughs> I just, I never thought this would happen to me. Meet a man in New Jersey. Like him. I know. But they can never be real. (laughs) I know, it's like New Jersey doesn't even exist. You have to go through the looking glass to get there. It's just like, it's the upside down. It's just an idea. It's a mirage across the water. (laughs) Exactly. (sighs) Well, we all have our things that we can't let go of. And and we want to see through and... Whatever the consequences of that are, I'm ready for it. I just, I wasn't ready to stop hearing from him. And I did want to know why, and I found out why. And that's a whole other <laughs> complicated can of worms. But I did I did find it. I, I, I did get it. So, again, being very specific when you ask for what you want or you go for what you're looking for. Right. (laughs) The answer isn't always what you want it to be. Right. There's that great Margaret Cho bit about how when she was younger, she wanted to always be surrounded by beautiful men. Like that was her, that was her dream (laughs) as a child. Like she just wanted to be surrounded by gorgeous men. And then as an adult, yeah, they're all gay. And she's like, I I should have been more specific. Beautiful, straight men. <laughs> so I always think about that when I when I like project my wants out into the universe. I have to be very specific. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Be careful what you wish. Exactly. <laughs> Should we take a little posy poo? Okay. We're back, and Lauren doesn't understand that pizza is a feminist issue. Lauren said only boys like pizza, so Lauren is no. sexist. <laughs> I said, what is with boys and pizza? That's all they want to eat, ever. Lauren, I, you took a video of me <laughs> drunk and making love to a pizza with my mouth, and you know that's all I care about. I forgot about the video. Oh, the the drunk the best. pizza video. One day I'll post that to the Shrieking yes. Sirens oh, Instagram. Yeah. And it's so good. That was after meeting that crazy guy at... Two crazy yes. guys. One, one. are you Swedish? And one was stolen from her <laughs> and that she was so distraught she made out with a weird Viking. The weird Viking, yes. <laughs> I didn't make out with him. I, I smooched What was him. his name? I don't know. Viking. It was something weird. I think I saw him on like... Tinder. Oh, God. I didn't swipe. I didn't swipe right. Left. Left. <sighs> Left, left swipe. Um, but pizza is a feminist issue. It's true. Yeah. I I also enjoy pizza. I just don't want it at every meal. Why? Why not? I need I need some um, 
variations in my palate and my diet. Listen, you get your vegetables from the tomatoes, your carbohydrates from the crust, and your dairy from the cheese. It's like and protein, protein from the cheese. Yeah, it's I a mean, full it, it meal. It does contain all food groups into one handy handheld. And it's very quick to make <laughs> and or order. Yeah. It smells really good. Pizza. I have a deal breaker about pizza. Okay. Oh. Uh, people who don't eat their crusts, <gasps> I, I don't trust them. I don't get that. What is that? You don't it's, like sex. It's true. The crust is one of my favorite parts of the pizza. Sometimes there's too much crust, though, and I'm like, I could spend eating these calories with cheese and sauce and not just dough what i like to do is take leftovers if i'm not hungry enough to eat my crust no well no i'm never not hungry i mean enough come to on lauren crust. i'll just on. i'll just save a slice or two of pizza to eat the next day so i can eat my crust exactly cold I... pizza is its own form of elegant bliss and I love a cold, chewy crust. It's great for Guys, I overeat. When I eat pizza, it's like, it's not pretty. I overeat it. There was one day where Brian came home and I was in the fetal position because I'd eaten like three-fifths of a giant New York pizza by myself in the apartment. (laughs) (laughs) Were you in the fetal position of shame or for farting? I just felt so sick. I felt so sick. Yeah. Also shame. I mean, it's no wonder why I was a little bit heavier when I was in that <laughs> relationship. I was eating all my feelings. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Same. <laughs> so do, we don't have a question today. How do we give advice? Are people not... Well, we sort of gave advice to Nina in our first segment. This podcast is just becoming about, like, diagnosing me <laughs> and all of my nightmare issues. That's not true. Yeah, it is. <laughs> um, but I have a question. What's okay. your question? Okay, my question is, in my experience, the people from the online dating platforms that are, like, really excited right away about talking to me or start start in immediately like they're already in a relationship with me before we've even met, those people almost never make it out to an actual date. What is your question about it? Why? Why is that? Why are the ones that are like so gung-ho initially can never follow through to an actual meeting in person? Because they well, burn out. I mean, we addressed this already. But I'm not talking about, like, ghosting or somebody... Right, this is slightly different. This is just, like, a trend I've noticed. That, like, the more enthusiastic initially someone is, the less able they are to actually meet in person. Because they already lined up six other dates while you were coming up with a flirty response. And then they get to find someone new and better as you're crafting your well... Your... uh, I can't even say words, and I'm trying to say words. Um, as you're crafting, like, your witty response, they're they're already doing this with six other women, and they're just going to pick the one that they're most attracted to because they have that chance. You think and... that's it? I don't, yeah, I don't I think, think that's what it is. Yeah, I think it's a collection game. Yeah. 
for it is. It's like a game. And Tinder, like, yeah, Tinder and Bumble is just like collect as many as you can and see how many you can get to respond to you. And who asks on the date first is who gets the date. Right. I don't. I don't know that I agree with this analysis. I think that's. I think people just start out super hot and heavy because they want you to be like super revved up and ready to go by the time you get there, so they don't have to do any extra work, or they just don't even get there because they've done it to another woman who they're like, I'm gonna get in her pants tonight instead because this is the sure thing. Yeah, maybe, because it makes me deeply uncomfortable when people I have not met yet in person try to behave like we have some kind of intimate connection. I think that no one should be sending any kind of emoji that predates what you've done in (laughs) real life. Like, you cannot send one of those kissy emojis with a heart until you've actually kissed someone in person. It is weird. It's weird to send that. I agree with you. In principle, I am well beyond breaking those rules all of them in my practice i don't break them and sometimes guys will be like i'm in bed and i'm like oh yeah i'm in bed too they're like oh i wish you were in bed with me i'm like you haven't met me yet what do you mean and so i won't say anything back because i can't be like yeah "Yeah, me too because i'm like well i'm probably gonna meet you and not be attracted to you at all so like why would i say (laughs) oh yeah i wish i was i can't wish i was in bed with you i don't know what you smell like yet exactly (laughs) Well, then, you know, I think a lot of them are sociopaths and narcissists, and they think that they can get away with this, or that's what you want to hear, and it's playing into that, like, you know, let's make her feel, like, really safe and beautiful, and and uh, it's just luring people in under false pretenses in a different way, and with no alcohol. Yeah, it's a it's a way to weed out these people if they're doing that to be like, okay, well, we're not a match anymore, and you just yeah. can delete that one and move on. Well, I do. I asked a yeah. guy. Oh, go ahead. I asked a guy point blank. He was like, "It's raining out. I wish I was cuddling in bed with you." This was a while ago, but I was like, "Hey, you know, field research question. Does that work for you?" Like. <laughs> is this how many a general come thing over? how many yeah and and i was like just just out of curiosity and he's like well i don't want to be a part of anyone's scientific research and i was like delete bye because yeah, he took himself no. so fucking seriously that i was like dude you don't invite strangers over to your bed no do you think that's what no. they're doing they're just waiting they're sending out these signals that are like maybe she'll just come over to my bed and have sex with me and then when you turn out not to be that type of person they they ghost you yeah yeah Yeah. and then you're the weirdo for fucking asking them why they'd even want to have you over and what are they trying to come across as i find it really obnoxious except you're not the weirdo at all yeah i hate it i hate it i don't understand why people do that if you just want to have casual anonymous sex just say that there's people that want to do that too I think a lot of these dudes are on a budget. We live in expensive cities, and maybe they just want to cut through the whole let's grab a drink and see if we vibe in person and, and just save the $30, $40, $50 and have you take an Uber over on your own dime. And uh, it literally, physically, emotionally, mentally costs them nothing. It's gross, though. 
But they can never actually make it out to a date. Like, a couple of those guys, they'll be like, let's go out and say okay. And then, like, they never actually make it out to an actual date. (laughs) Remember the park bench guy? The guy who (laughs) wanted me to come to Queens? Yes. And I was like, okay, maybe. I don't really want to go to Queens, but you're hot. And he's like, yeah, just come come to Queens. Like, I'll order sushi and wine. And I was like, no, I'm not going to go to your house. What we need to figure out a place to meet. He's like, okay, meet me, meet me under the train tracks on this bench. Yeah, I told you not to, on any circumstance, to go and out I on was that like, date. I'm not, not gonna do that, sir. I was like, can you just like pick yeah. a place for us to, like, an actual place with people? And he's like, look, it's the park bench or nothing. <laughs> nothing, thanks. And I said nothing, and I deleted. Him. Yeah, I mean that's just showing you they're not really serious about dating you and getting to know you if that's the response the park bench or nothing the park bench and i think it's fair you should like maybe have fun with it and call them out on it and like just test see what you can get away with with asking questions before they delete you for him you should have definitely said okay we'll see you there in one hour and then (laughs) made him wait for you at that stupid fucking park bench Oh, I wanted to dash his ego way harder with the full-on reject of, like, oh, disip- she's gone. Mm. I love it when guys give you an ultimatum like that. Like, going yeah. out with them is such an honor that... It's such an honor. <laughs> you live in fucking Queens near a train station. It's this Are nothing. you a murderer? Because that's all I understand from this interaction. You're going to kill me, and I'm not paying for that. We meet now, or it's never going to happen. It's like, well, obviously, I choose yeah, never. That's what, that's, that was his throwdown. <laughs> yeah, uh, never, please, and thank you. I'd rather stay alive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and as a woman, we can always find someone that wants to have sex with us. We don't need to travel to Queens to meet you on a park bench. Exactly. If you want to get late, they can come to you. Yeah, put a little effort in. Like, a little bit. So is that I the mean, advice? Yeah. Think did, did we answer your question, Sarah? <laughs> yeah, I think I've got some clarity on did that. Did it become a question? <laughs> it was in the same line of what we were talking about earlier. It's the same thread. Yeah. Well... Uh, or when I was newly single, <laughs> Nino will remember this. There was a guy that I met on Tinder. We'll call him Tom. <laughs> 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 and it, yeah, it was flirtatious and whatever. And I was trying to like Nina and I. I wanted her to be there in case he was a murderer. So she and I went out to have drinks and I wanted him to come meet us because like the full intention of us meeting was to hook up. But um I wanted him to like meet in public, but mm-hmm. he never showed up and he was like just postponing postponing. But he did ask us for a threesome. Yes. He did. <laughs> He's very into that idea without even meeting. But then I was just like so like needing I just Affection. really needed sex that night. So I ended up <laughs> taking a car over to his place later and hooking you up. You did. 
I did. I did it. You and, gave into his demands. I, yeah, she walked into the murder trap. I did. I mean, it ended up being really good, and we pulled around a few more times after that. But it was it was always on his terms. But also, that was well, why fine. can't they leave their apartments? Why can't they leave their apartments? People I, do that. Like we're not pure prostitutes. Laziness. Yeah. It is unacceptable. And selfish. She was super selfish. It was all about him and his career and his timeline and whatever. And he was just lucky that all I wanted to do was have sex. And Ugh. so it happened several times. I can't. But I can't cede that ground. I, I can't do that on other people's terms. Just feels like they're winning and I can't let them win like that. But what if it's in a hotel room? <laughs> Both mutually meeting in the middle. Yeah. I, I also like to feel like casual sex is on my terms. Like, I don't want any guy walking into a situation thinking that they're going to have sex with me. If I choose to at a certain point, then that's fine. But, like, it's my decision. They yeah. don't know where they stand. Because I'm, I'm the alpha. <laughs> yeah. I'm an alpha female, I've decided. I think I am, though, kind of. Oh, yeah, you definitely are, you Taurus. <laughs> But I'm, like, embracing it more and more, like, my power, and I power up, and I'm like, ah, <laughs> no one will cross me. <laughs> and it's probably a little bit intimidating for people, but I don't care. It's okay. You gotta be you. The authentic self. My authentic self is super alpha, and I'm embracing, I'm embracing it. That's what you gotta do, otherwise you'll never attract the right person. A nurturing alpha, though. That's fair. There are lionesses who are <laughs> nurturing alphas. Yeah. That seems right. All right, so for our final topic of the day, uh, Lauren, had she wanted to talk about art and... The reckoning. Uh, censorship and the reckoning. Yeah, Lauren, take it away. I have no <laughs> idea what you want to talk about. So, in following the Me Too movement and it's gone through Hollywood and it's now like as trends do into the art world because there is a certain amount of celebrity involved in that too it's just on a in a within smaller circles we'll say um so there's a lot of male artists who are accused and guilty of harassing women, sexually harassing women and assaulting women, which has been known and documented for decades, centuries, really. But a lot of museums right now are censoring artwork and removing artwork from their walls. And it's like, well, what do we think about that? Is it possible to remove the art from the artist? Um, some of this imagery that's being removed, too, is of younger women or young girls who are nudes and kind of auto, or not auto-erotic, just erotic poses and under the male gaze. And so there's a lot of discussion happening right now with these institutions on whether, like, this is no, this is something art historical and important, don't take it off the walls, or if this is something that 
we do need to address and take away this gaze to show that it's no longer acceptable and just because it happened doesn't mean it should continue to happen well so are they taking art down from the artists that are controversial or are they taking it down because the material is controversial or is both. it both so there were so controversial artists and controversial. It feels like there'll be no art left if they continue down this path. <laughs> <laughs> that might be true because I mean, artists like typically we'll just have a Frida Kahlo museum, and that's it. And every museum will be the Frida well, Kahlo. Well, in a certain which I'm okay with. Yeah, in yeah, a certain total respect. Like... I mean, when women artists are so underrepresented in the art world, where like thirty percent of the art shown to seventy percent males, so maybe this will give women female artists a chance to be seen and appreciated more they'll free up some wall space for us finally instead of being the object will be the the creator which i i hope will happen it's like it changes the the narrative of so many of the pieces in kind of the same way that it happens in hollywood and what happened with bill cosby and Aziz and James Franco and all these men who have these long history, historical careers and long spanning beloved characters. And it's, it's going to happen to some of America's and the world's favorite art now. And everything that we pinpoint as like the beacon of talent and uh, inspiration, it has to be redefined. I guess I feel differently about dead artists and alive artists. I think that, you know, if it's an artist that's been dead a while and they were a controversial person, but their art has made it into the canon and is part of like art history, then you should keep it and maybe put their biography into how you learn about it. You know, that this person was really fucked up this was the art they created and it came out of these kind of contextual influences, whatever. But if it's an alive artist who's being predatory or, um, you know, misusing his uh, exploited, yeah, exploitative, um, then probably that artist shouldn't be celebrated because we don't want to encourage that kind of behavior moving forward. I don't know. What do you think, Lauren? Um, so I have two examples. There was Carl Andre, who's a famous sculptor, minimalist, large-scale sculptor. Uh, he was married to a female artist, Anna Mendieta, who was this beautiful earth artist. Um, and they had a tumultuous relationship. She died by quote-unquote falling out of a window when it's really known that he pushed her out of the window and he was never like tried or convicted of this so every time he has huge retrospective showings everywhere all the time and there's always like some sort of protest involved with it most of the time by recreating her work in front of the institution it's like, why did these institutions keep giving this man who did this terrible thing and was probably awful to several other women besides just her and giving him that platform? Like, it's it's fine that some of his big pieces exist out in the land and sculpture, like, big sculpture parks where people 
could go, but I think having a dedicated retrospective to him is unnecessary. Because mm-hmm. it's like commemorating him as a person, also in addition to just the art and the object. But then there's a live artist right now, Chuck Close, who's had a lot of accusations against him. And I've, and Chuck Close is an older man. He's a huge advocate for the arts and young artists. He's done some really great philanthropic things in the art, but he's also, um, I met him actually, and I gave him a headband that I made, which he put on his head and his girlfriend at the time ripped off his head and threw back at us and was like, no. Oh, shit. But he, he, he <laughs> and she was a much younger kind of model lady, but he has um, a history of being in inappropriate relationships and he's having a retrospective somewhere right now, which his work is beautiful and amazing and he created the genre of photorealism really in the 60s or 70s. And I saw something that one of my old professors posted. It's like, you have to separate the art from the artist. Like, Mm. we can't take away his cultural impact, but just don't invite him to the show. And it's like, is that enough? Right. Or, or, yeah, I don't... I think that we should be able to appreciate art from disturbed people or flawed people or fucked up people. Because the art is its own... And most artists are fucked up in this right. really. But... And that's how they're expressing it, or get work, working through it. Maybe a conversation about their fucked up needs to be included in the discussion about the art. So we know that we're seeing... Put it in the wall text. Right, put it in the context the of the person and know that like this isn't a person we should celebrate, but we can appreciate what they've created. Maybe stop giving them retrospectives and just give them, they can have a piece in a show, just not the whole show about them. And that money needs to go to an organization or a charity that empowers the the people that they've in the past terrorized or abused and victimized. Victimized. Yeah. I mean, I have a, I have a hard time separating the art from the artist and I don't listen to Michael Jackson songs anymore. I, from research that I've done on my own, like I know what I think he did to children and I have a very hard time like supporting him. And I think it's the worst, most closeted case of sexual abuse, probably in pop culture, but that's just me and my own reading that I did that has traumatized me and haunted me for the past four years. So I don't listen to Michael Jackson. I don't watch Woody Allen films anymore. I'm not going to celebrate the Cosby show. Like, that's just me, though. And I I don't think everyone else needs to do exactly as I do. But I, I once I know something and I, I feel it to be true about someone who is a known um, creep or a victimizer of women or children, like, in my heart, I cannot go on supporting them. And I don't want them to have that money and that residual energy of mine. So in that way, I do, I do have to keep them together. Yeah, I understand that. I feel the same way when it comes to actors and performers that we see, like I have, it really darkens my impression of that person. And I can't, I just kind of can't watch them anymore. But it's different when it's 
when you're not seeing the person, so if it's a film director or an artist, if they're not, their image isn't represented in the work. So you don't have to like the, like the art and the person are, are maybe one more step of separation. Does that change your view at all? Yeah, I think it, it colors it for sure. And it, it's ruined a lot of things that I used to appreciate or really enjoy. And uh, I, I let it ruin it because I, I have to give the, that creator that responsibility of ruining it. Just because you created it and you made something that was once beautiful or important or um, of a historical moment, that doesn't mean you get a pass. And I think that's how, why these people have so much power in the first place. And I don't want to be part of that continuation. Definitely. They should not get a pass. Lauren, what are your thoughts? I think, well, for certain things, like, I don't think it's, you sh should give large solo shows and retrospectives and maybe to people who are perpetrated as predatory um, or found out as predatory, but also in major museums that something's been sitting in the wall for already centuries. I don't know that it's necessary to remove the work all of a sudden either. I think instead of removing the work, there should be a change. There's always wall text next to the the visual work in these institutions so maybe the wall text should be changed to color um th what the work actually means or represents and that the context of it would change wouldn't it be amazing to have a women's guerrilla artist collective go into all these museums and just reframe the work with those wall texts and and expose what is true about those artists like wouldn't that be I, the most I mean, amazing performance the, the gorilla girls who is a legitimate art movement we saw their yeah we um, went to their collection show, show at in. the white cube was it the white cube white chapel white chapel in london yep and just saw a little bit of their so they have gone into institutions and done that but of course it gets removed mm -hmm. but maybe like i wonder if they're plotting something right now they could be could be i would rather see that rather than having art removed and taken away i would rather have the art put into the context and right reframed by and re-educate re the dialogue right, around right. it right instead of just censoring things yeah. so pretending they never existed to like correct right the misogyny right like this yeah this 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 painting this piece of art was created by this misogynist and like it would also probably deepen your understanding of what they what that artist work. was working through and and trying to communicate working through their own demons similar to everything that's happening you know with the discussion of the Confederate statues being taken down and mm -hmm. people are like, you don't need to destroy them. We can put them in a museum, put them in context of the, the history of it, but they don't need to be like... Right, you can't just pretend it never happened. Yeah, but they don't need to be celebrated in like the public square anymore. Right. Um, 
Yeah, just recontextualize the meaning and the purpose behind it to reflect what is what is the true definition that that monument has now versus what it had then. Yeah, and I think it is interesting to watch an artist's work after you find out how messed up they are because it you don't necessarily enjoy it anymore but it does give you like an odd perspective <laughs> like if I watch the Aziz and Sari special or, or like read his book again it, I would have a totally yeah. different take on it knowing that he's not that person and not everything that he put down and published and made public well, and actually, he's probably trying to yeah. figure out how to behave. That's why he wrote it. Like, he wanted the answers for himself. <laughs> Except he's not following his own advice. Yeah. Well, he didn't, I don't think he ever got answers. Oh. Yeah, he oh, never he figured keeps... it out. Yeah, it's his feedback like... is... Posing the questions. His feedback is, you're famous, I guess just do whatever the fuck you want to do. Right, he doesn't have to worry about it. Although I think this last episode would probably change some behavior at least you would hope it's got to be humiliating <laughs> at least well whoever goes on a date with him next is aware of what she's getting into probably yeah they can wear a mouth guard <laughs> <laughs> a chastity belt <laughs> yeah stick your fingers in my mouth and i will bite them off it's so upsetting to me that anyone would even want to go on a date with him after all of this at this point. Like, any of these guys. It's it's like, how? Well, how do you... You think it's funny? Like, you think it's a challenge? Do you think, like, you can fix it? But then that goes back to the same thing that I'm going through with, um, you know, non-available New Jersey poets. So, it's it's like, I know it's bad. I know it's wrong. I know rationally that I shouldn't you know, want to be investing my energy there, but it's intoxicating. Well, I don't know anyone that would find Aziz and Sar intoxicating. <laughs> well, somebody did. Yeah. I read an article saying that, you know, there's a racist bent that we're attacking one of the only kind of prominent brown faces. It's true. It's true. And that, that in its own is like really problematic and and ugly to face because it just seems so counterproductive to any um racial or uh cultural progress that we did make yeah and i'm sure there's a ton of white actors that behave like this all the time such as james franco who you yeah. wanted to talk about so right here's yeah here's our... yeah i mean probably all of them i think most i think that's the problem with this whole situation is like i don't know a majority of men at some time in their life has have behaved like aziz behaved so it's not so you could say calling him out, like, why why did he get called out and nobody else got called out for this kind of very typical male behavior that's not okay, but is common? Um, I understand that. But I would be fine with calling everybody out. I think when it's, you know, someone like James Franco, who is 
more traditionally handsome and has more uh, of a long-spanning career of... And is white. And is white. And, like... Is he getting more passes? Yeah. is I think he gets a lot more passes because he he does fit that, like, more traditional actor mold. and And you know that there are women and girls, like, lining up outside his trailer to have a chance to be with him because of that. And he had access to all of these women and young women as uh as his students and it you know puts him in that kevin spacey range of of uh just super creeping on people he was supposed to be influencing and teaching and taking away their boundaries in very intimate settings in the name of art and and that goes back to you know what are we doing in the name of art that that isn't safe and that isn't consent and that isn't what the student of that artist signed up for. Well, I just read this thing that Uma Thurman saying that Quentin Tarantino was like almost had her tried to kill her. Yeah, basically because he needed her to do this one shot and she didn't feel safe and he just pushed her and bullied her into it. I mean, that's not sexual, but that's certainly not okay. It's mental abuse. Yeah. And yeah, she it's... got into a car accident that she had serious injuries from that are still affecting her it's definitely an abuse of power yeah and that's after he already knew she was being sexually assaulted by weinstein it's like once they discover that you're victimized that they kind of see you as an easier target to continue yeah i don't think so i think they see women as more easily persuadable because like we're we're kind of maybe more um, culturally. Well, we, we, we're still struggling for equality, like equality in the right. workplace and to be taken seriously. Yeah, we are more easily persuadable because it's it's easier to fire us and replace us and we don't have as much power. So like, yeah, if you're in a movie or you're, you have a job and you want to keep it, it's very hard to say no to the person that's um, on, uh, your boss or in charge of you where a, a guy can say no and men just kind of accept that and he'll have a stunt double in 30 seconds right. yeah and, and they don't and that stunt double doesn't have to get naked and be in a room full of producers looking them up and down to like make sure yeah yeah it all comes down to the fact that women are seen as interchangeable and and essentially just a means to an end like if they need something and you have to make a woman uncomfortable or make a woman put a woman in a dangerous situation or test her boundaries that's all okay because you know at the end of the day if she doesn't want to do it you can find 10 other women that will because we have no power and we're battling over scraps and they know that yeah. and that's what hollywood was built on that's what all these like artistic cultural institutions are are built on it's that that disposability factor of these women and these actors and it's it's always like who's going to take your place that's willing to do what your values and scruples tell you not to do and and negotiating that over and over internally and then with yeah that. and we as women need to be conscious of not undercutting our peers to like get in that space when something happens and be like oh I'll do it 
I yeah. agree, but really, it's on men. the The power. It's very hard for the powerless to change society. It's the powerful it's that have to do it, and the men, their male co stars, um, that are probably making twice as much, four times as much money as they are. Not probably. Should, they are. They are. <laughs> they are. Should step in and say, "Hey, she doesn't want to do this, and if you make her do this, I will also resign from the film." Like. But then they're ten times that money is in threat too, and they're not going to. But do they're that. not because they have the power. Like no one's going to let the male star go. Yeah, they. But eventually, for that much money, they will, and that's why like Matt Damon and Ben Affleck are so problematic to me. It's like they just let all this shit around them happen, and then when they finally got married and had some girl babies, then they were like, "Oh, I'm a father now." Like I how do men behave to women like this i would never in my life but it's like dude your whole career up until you got married and had those kids was exploiting the women around you and using them to get more money and more things that you wanted and just because you have a daughter now that doesn't make you a better person that didn't do those things right and that shouldn't be the excuse to not do those things. You just shouldn't do those things. You know, when the act, Actors' Equity came around, when actors wanted to unionize, all of the stars joined. Like, they were the ones that decided to unionize for the, um, for the other but, actors that didn't have any power. Like, the people without power can't get much done. It's only when the people with power decide to step in and say, hey, we're for this cause too, and we're also going to go on strike if you don't unionize or whatever it is. So, yeah, I really think it's, it's the men that have to come along and say, like, okay, this behavior isn't okay. And we, we are willing to risk our safe, cushy careers um, to stand up for justice and equality. <laughs> but I, I don't think that's going to happen. I just don't see that many actually doing no. it. And if they are, it, it feels so false and so late and so just disingenuous to everything else that their trajectory has taken them into so it's it's like too little too late way too late for me yeah but of course i still want it it's just it's so disappointing in how it's happening burn them down burn it all down wearing a pin is not enough makes me so angry yeah Time's up. Time's up on your bullshit, like, stupid accessories and colors at award shows. Like, just do something. Well, they are raising money to give to uh, women who need lawyers and who don't have a lot of money and power. So, that's good. Something. It's something. Yeah. It's better than nothing. Yeah. Well, these changes take time. It just has to keep, we just have to not drop, drop the issue. Have to keep moving forward. Yeah. All right, well, that was depressing. All right, so I think that's about it for all our topics. Does anyone have anything uh, funny or happy to end with? Something uplifting? Uh, every time I have a feeling or I, uh, a weird shit thing happens to me, I just go buy crystals now. So, <laughs> oh, right. I have my new carnelian beaded power bracelet. Oh, yeah? Uh, circa 2000. What, uh, what does that do? 
Carnelian is for performance anxiety. It's for uh, creative energy. It's for attracting sexual power and energy and new growth opportunities. It's it's for bringing in uh, positive changes in your in your work life and in your performing as your best self life. And it worked because you got a new job. I did. I bought the bracelet. I had a really bad day. I had a crazy man who threw pretzels at me and assaulted me in my current store. And uh, that was very, very jarring and traumatic. And then I bought this bracelet for myself on the way home. And uh, I went in for a rose quartz bracelet. I thought maybe I needed some more like love and peace. But this one fit me better and I liked it. So then I realized after reading up how important it was and then I got the job the next yeah. day the crystals it, it, found, it found you. you yes it did and yes like so in feelings, teen teen witch yes witch. this is my teen witch uh amulet of power and every time I have a weird day or a feeling I'm just gonna buy a crystal until I have no money left and I go full-on like Spencer and Heidi from the hills and just invest all my money in geodes that I'm going to sleep in. Did they do that? <laughs> yeah. I didn't know. I never followed <laughs> I had them. no idea. Yeah. They, they lost most of their fortune to uh, crystal therapy healing scams. Scams? Amazing. We all, amazing. we all know that crystal healing is real, though. <laughs> well, to me it is. And I did, I did meet with a crystal healer yesterday and... Uh, held on to a selenite wand and told her my feelings and cried so I think it helped yeah and you know what that's the most important thing it's all in our heads so if yeah. we feel like it helps then it helps but yeah don't give all your money to anyone <laughs> I don't have any to give right now perfect it's like in small four to twenty dollar increments perfect <laughs> All right, so that'll be our advice. When you're feeling depressed, go buy a crystal. Maybe do a meditation. Meditation with the crystal. That's what I've been doing. With the crystal. Oh, are you finding that you're, like, more psychic? I've, I've been feeling some, some shit. I've been sensing some shit. Uh, it's definitely, like, premonition on fleek. But I didn't think I was going to get the new job. I, I really, like, was doubting myself. Uh, the day after. Oh. And I, I don't know why. I knew but, you were going to get it. Yeah, I knew too. Um, I, was, I was doubting myself. I just, I, I've been so shaken up that it's really, it's really caused me to, to shake my confidence. And, uh, well, I'm proud of you. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank yes. you. I'm excited. I wish, I wish I was more excited about it, but I'm, in a dramatic headspace right now. Yeah. So. You have some logistics yeah. to figure out, yeah. but once you do, it'll be great. It'll be really good as soon as I figure out the fallout. Edie's making a lot of noise. Yeah, Edie's jingling. Sorry, she's up and about. She's restless now. She's like, I've been trapped in this room for an hour and a half, <laughs> like, and I need out. It's time to go. Well, I think that's like a good, she knows, it's time. We've we've wound down. <laughs> We're all just gonna go cry now outside. So yeah, Nina, you go cry. I feel I'm gonna find dinner. Lauren will have her lovely romantic day. Yeah. Watching the Super Bowl. Enjoy that. Oh right. Yes. Oh god. Super Bowl. Okay. Good luck. Enjoy you're you're that. a good girlfriend. Yeah. <laughs> all right, guys. Sirens out. Bye. Bye. Heat in my vein like vernacular. Cook up the meat with a spatula.
Y'all are not ready for action, I'm smoking these rappers and feeling spectacular Making a killer like Massacre, watch out, I'm whipping my wrist Ride on my city, been pissed, but I show I'm love I'm not the one that's at risk, my homie told me that when people rise up against you What's the sign of your destiny real? Fake ones been hating cause they know that one day you're making it Jealousy's all they can feel, plugging the fold, drifting my zone Pain in the future and thinking alone, about when I'm grown, already blown How'd I get best with this beautiful home? You were the sight, beautiful life, beautiful sex with my husband and wife Beautiful children, people who want to come kill me because I'm expressing my rights Hopefully I am not smoking the nicotine, pack up and kill you like they on a mission Cigarettes part of my nutrition, rhyming like I got tuition, kicking addiction I used to tell myself that I was nothing Victim to the poison, I was huffing Now my name come up like no discussion That's all day, man I say y'all bluffing Interrupt your formal introduction But I was born to win Look at this plot that I'm in, Wendy Dapperton Once again in it Might be hard to hear But I can't tell no lies Papa tried to break me Till we look the same Behind the eyes Family senses Always got the same results Back, back That we whack Why I'm out here Trying to trim the slack Yo, most cats cut too slow My boss raps like Ben and Snow My whole team got big goals One with platinum Two times in a row Now starting on you I'm dishing facts Rolls filled by the glow up like glass Handed the key to the tax Look up the jersey And call us my studio blacks And these cool kids Write me up Like fuck it, the shoe fit. 